Welcome to the Cashflow Ninja, the podcast sharing how to create and grow income streams and manage, multiply, and protect your wealth in the new economy. Are you tired of trading your time for money? Do you desire freedom today instead of retirement in 10, 20, or 30 years? I'm MC Lobsher, and this is the Cashflow Ninja. Hello, Cashflow Ninjas. MC Lobsher here, and welcome to another episode of the Cashflow Ninja. I have a great show for you today. In today's show, we're going to look at why you don't save for retirement. My guest in this episode is Daniel Amaduri. Daniel is a self-made multimillionaire, a full-time skeptic of conventional thought, and a proud father of three. He is the co-founder of the Future Money Trends newsletter and futuremoneytrends.com, which with nearly 150,000 subscribers, is the most widely recognized online authority in investment ideas and economic advice. He's been featured in the Wall Street Journal, on ABC World News Tonight, and on Russia uh, Today TV. Daniel correctly predicted the collapse of Lehman Brothers, AIG, and Washington Mutual on Visionary Victory, the YouTube channel he launched in 2007, and which now has had more than 13 million views. I have launched another podcast. It's called Cashflow Investing Secrets. It is a shorter show, 10 minutes or less, where I share one concept at a time uh, that I've learned on my journey. And from interviewing over 500 Cashflow Ninjas, you could go to your favorite podcast platform and type in Cashflow Investing Secrets and you'll find us. Or you could go to your favorite video platform and type in Cashflow Investing Secrets and you will find the new show. Savvy investors know that in order for the miracle of compounding interest to work, it's magic, you have to be constantly invested in all stages of the economic cycle. So the question then becomes, how do you find solid investments when the stock market is close to all-time highs and everything else just seems so inflated? That's where our friends at ASIM Capital come in. Since 2011, ASIM has helped more than 300 accredited investors allocate more than $25 million to mobile home parks, self-storage, and workforce housing due to their ability to perform well during economic recessions. If you're interested in learning more, head on over to asymcapital.com, that's A-S-Y-M, capital.com, to get instant access to their investment offerings. MC Lobshire, the creator of the Cashflow Ninja and Cashflow Coach at Producers Wealth, where we help our clients integrate infinite banking with their business and investments. To learn how you can create your own banking system to turbocharge your investments and business in 30 days or less, go to yourownbankingsystem.com. That's yourownbankingsystem.com. Daniel, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, great to connect again. And I've been looking forward to this. And I just wanted to say, I know you and I had a little chat pre-interview, but congratulations on this amazing book, A Millennial's Guide to Financial Freedom, Don't Say for Retirement. Uh, (laughs) uh, And and I say congratulations because I know sort of what goes into uh, doing a book. What has the experience been for you? Yeah, no, it was was difficult um, to start a book. It's so funny. I've written thousands of articles. But to write a book and, and make it orderly and uh, the, this book, the, the, the idea started when I was with a trust attorney and, a, and they were doing our wills and all this stuff for my wife and I. And then I, I turned to my wife, we were just by ourselves signing these papers. I was like, the kids have everything but the knowledge. 
I said, we have to make sure that they get something very specific. I said, let's, let's create a book that goes over our life's journey, what we did and what we're doing now and what we learned. And I said, that's what we have to do. And uh, we ended up creating the, uh, the Don't Save for Retirement book. Uh, so in the, within the book is, 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 is me writing, but there's also some boxes of, it's called Jules Corner. It's my wife's thoughts as well on what she did. You know, she, we did a lot of things to get to where we are today, but it really was that mind shift. And I'll tell you, writing a book, uh, you have to be very focused. So whether you're going to become financially independent or writing a book, I think, um, I think you'll have the focus to do it. And I'm so happy to be on the show, by the way, because cash flow ninja, it's like my favorite word. And who doesn't like ninjas? <laughs> Absolutely. A little bit of martial arts in it. And I love the title, Don't Say for Retirement, because again, it goes against everything that people are being bombarded with on a daily basis. But before we jump into that, one of the things, and I just uh, saw this article, it jumped out this week to me, bankruptcy filings rising across the country, and it get, gets worse. And it just talks about currently, and I mean, we are in the everything bubble economy, Everything is, at, is as high as it's ever been, but yet bankruptcy filings is, is up and people are in more debt than they've ever been. It looks like if, if, if you just jump into the article, it goes into just to the ridiculous amount of credit card debt that the average American household has. It, it says your meanwhile record American household debt near $14 trillion, including mortgages and student loans. It's about a trillion dollars higher than during the Great Recession of 2008. Uh, what is going on? I mean, there's, there's an uh, epidemic that you're talking about, the over, overspending epidemic, right? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an unsustainable lifestyle. We see it in our own government in the United States. But with people, there's just so many things that we consider to be normal that aren't really normal. Um, you know, when you consider that people regularly um, sign up for five to eight year auto loan payments to purchase a car that's equal in price to their annual income. I mean, if you're making $50,000 and buying a $50,000 car, I'm sorry, that's a really stupid thing to do. Uh, you know, I see it all the time, people making 50 to $100,000 driving BMWs and Mercedes. And, and then of course, people have the audacity to tell them congratulations when they buy the new car. Congratulations is not in, in order. It's condolences. It's uh, I'm grieving for the hardship that you've signed up for in life. And, you know, they do with their clothes, they do with many things, vacations, and then housing. Okay, I get it. You want to do a three-decade loan, especially with these low interest rates, do it. But if you make $100,000 a year, you should not be buying a six dollars or $700,000 home. Uh, you need to focus on sustainability. And that's one of the big things of this book is, especially when you're starting out, you have to make sure that you're living a very sustainable life because that you have to first hit kind of reset um, before you can begin to build that cash flow up. And, um, you, you know, you see it in every day as American. So hopefully people, I can't do anything about the, the nation's debt, but individually, all of us listening, we all can do something about our own lifestyles and sustainability. So ultimately, uh, the person in the mirror is going to be the solution for these people uh, that are filing bankruptcy and um, hitting, you know, panic button financially in their lives. It's so true because a lot of folks uh, get excited about, you know, financial freedom and so forth and they start and they want to create cash flow and do this. 
But the basic building blocks, like you said, you first have to get your house in order, right? Reset, get the building blocks in place uh, before you take the next step and go on there. So it's it's just, I mean, it's so so valuable sharing that. Um, I want to touch on retirement. Don't say for retirement, obviously the title of the of the book. Talk to me a little bit about the myth of retirement and why this experiment has failed. Yeah, I think that's nailed it right there. It's an it's a failed experiment, and there's nothing wrong with that. They tried, um, and now, but now it's become basically a a wealth transfer. The middle class is buying into these uh, vehicles that will not work and are not helping them retire. And Wall Street is getting paid. They get paid on the first and the fifteenth as four hundred one k investors come into the market and buy blindly. They get paid when they set up a mutual fund. They get paid when they set up these ETF vehicles. All this stuff aimed towards the goal of retirement. But we have seen that it it worked for the first generation because uh, this is relatively a new thing. I know you can date pensions back to the Romans and uh, for a brief time and and pensions as late as in the late 1800s. But really, this idea of conventional retirement is about 100, let's call it 100 years old or so. And that first generation, uh, like let's say for Social Security, for example, the first person put in 28 bucks and she pulled out $50,000. Uh, and she lived like till she was uh, like in her eight, late 80s. I mean, she, 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 it worked for perfectly for the first wave uh, that for those first pensioners. But it's a much different system now. Employers have a lot more responsibilities. Uh, they're they're in charge of people's health care here in this country. They're in charge of your workers' compensation, your your retirement, all these things. And so the trend is that people don't want to have employees. They want to have independent contractors and freelancers. I don't think that's going to change for millennials, but I think it's an opportunity. But we cannot apply the old plan in a new world. And that's what people have made a mistake. And so with the baby boomers, if they were high income earners and lived like peasants, they probably are retiring right now pretty good. But the rest of them are, are struggling. And we see that in, in from fidelity studies to, to Vanguard. Uh, most baby boomers are not being successful at the retirement plan. And they had kind of the whole thing on a silver platter. When it comes to the housing market, bond market, stock market, you're not going to get what the baby boomers got. And if they aren't doing it, then why are we trying to do this and it's so speculative. And as you know, with your show, Cashflow Ninja, it's, it's not even the, the best way to do it. It's not the way the rich would do it. And I would just tell people, if you're still putting money in an IRA and a 401k, consider that we have the lowest taxes in the last 100 years. Uh, and you are speculating with that money that you are going to defer tax to pay tax in the future with 20, 20 years from now, 30 years from now. Consider that the U.S. has $22 trillion in debt. Our taxes going up. They're going up. So um, you can get that money. You can invest it. You can use it right now. You can use it to purchase income from all the great ideas on Cashflow Ninja. Yeah, it's, a, it's amazing how this is kind of unfolded, right? So you had like the three-legged stool, the savings, the pensions, you know, life insurance back in the old days. I'm, I'm talking about this is pre-ERISA era. 
And, um, what, you know, and then social security kind of came in. And as you mentioned, it's kind of amazing. I think it's Ada Fuller is her name. Yeah, <laughs> what a, yeah if, if, Hey, if you get in on a Ponzi, it's good to get in early. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, um, and then social security kind of came in, but it was never really designed to supplement retirement. It was kind of borrowed from Bismarck's Germany, right? Where, yeah. uh, at that stage when uh, the age of retirement, quote unquote, at 65 was, it was an idea they got from there because the expected age, uh, that folks would live to was 62. Hold on, you're gonna love it even better. Look, pardon, pardon me, interrupt, but so yeah. it was seventy, and then the guy running against whoever made it seventy was like, "I'll take it to 65. It was like an election thing. <laughs> it's amazing, but yeah. So it, that that was never there, and then as you mentioned, Wall Street just swallowed the stool basically um, because ERISA was passed, and then you know Ted Benner created the first one of the first four hundred one k plans, and then all of a sudden. Not just the, you know, now all of a sudden corporations were, they, they wiped their hands of pensions, right? It's like, you're on your own, you're, you're off our books and savings was then lumped in with that too. So Wall Street basically ate up the, the savings uh, and, you know, got the money that was supposedly allocated for, for, uh, for, for pensions at that point. And this is the biggest boom which the boomers uh, were the beneficiaries of happened in the stock market at that point. But now it's, you have a, a demographic group of about 70 m- million plus folks that are now starting to, to withdraw from the system, right? Or looking to withdraw. But as you mentioned, Daniel, they're, they're in bad shape. Um, so yeah, the, the, whole, <laughs> the whole thing is unfolding very much. And like you said, it was an experiment uh, definitely a failed one. The other thing, the concept of retirement that I just wanted to, to ask you a question about too, because if you look at why people uh, die and, and, and pass away, right, mm-hmm. is they, they lose purpose. A lack of purpose, they lose relationships. Everyone ar- around them passes away or they run out of money. You know, the retirement, and maybe you can share your thoughts about that. Aren't they just looking for freedom? It's not to retire from something. It's just freedom, right? That's so true. And that's, that's a great question is, is the idea of the conventional retirement even a worthy goal? Because what happens to many people is they're so conditioned on focusing on retirement that when they achieve it, they shortly thereafter die. Um, they've lost that purpose. They've lost that. Why do I wake up to go to work or, or do anything? And um, a lot of them are so conditioned uh, to save, 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 even if they are successful at retirement, from my experience, from many of the people I've spoken to in my, my newsletter, even when they're successful, they end up uh, not enjoying their retirement because you cannot train the brain and hardwire the brain to save and preserve for 30, 40 years. And then all of a sudden switch a button and say, okay, you can spend now, go ahead and go on that cruise you've been saving up for and waiting for. No, they end up living you know, lives where they're not turning on electricity because they have the scarcity mentality overtakes them. Because imagine being in that mindset and then losing your active income. So it's better to train and condition the brain to have multiple sources of income through cash flow and really invest and save like the rich do, which the rich focus on preservation and income. The middle class focuses on speculation, uh, you know, and deferment. So I, I would much rather focus on things that are, are actually healthy for you as well. Because if you're living your life's purpose and you're enjoying what you do, I mean, look, Warren Buffett's 94, 93 years old. I'm pretty sure he's got enough socked away to retire, but he's just having too much fun. Right. 
Right. It's so true. And he, he mentioned the other day, there was a quote that he also said, you know, it's, it's sad that he, he, he cannot buy more time because <laughs> he is having so much fun. Right. Um, so true. Um, very, very true. You, you don't want to retire and stop producing and creating for other folks and, and give up things that you enjoy doing and, and hobbies. This new economy that you also talk about in, in your book brings up a lot of opportunities for millennials to actually take the things that they like and, and, and that they do and that are some hobbies and they can turn it into a business to start the cash creation pr uh, process. Can you elaborate a little bit on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, first, what people need to really define what wealth means to them. And to me, it's, it's, it's liberty. It's that freedom. So if you, if you have a hobby that you can monetize, or even for people who have jobs, uh, especially specifically in the private industry, if, if you have a good relationship with the owner of that business, which many people do, if the company's under, you know, 50 people, uh, you can easily approach them and talk about how you can become a freelancer. And I know that's scary at first, but consider that you might be able to have more control of your time. You might be working from home exclusively. You could add more clients. Uh, you already have a great reference. Your employer is your first client. Uh, the employer will most likely do it if, you're, if they're a small business owner because the proposition is that they will save money. Uh, they can actually pay you less. You'll net more uh, because you'll be responsible for your health care. And in the book, I offer up some ideas on how I do it. I do it through nonprofits. And many, many, many more million Americans do. Uh, so there are many ways that you can turn your hobby or your current job into a business and immediately have more control over your time. Because ultimately, I think that's what wealth is going to equate to. And I actually talk about that in the first chapter and intro. And I do have to mention that uh, if any of your listeners, MC, go to futuremoneytrends.com slash save, they can read the first chapter and intro, which starts with me and my wife at a bankruptcy attorney's office. They can read that for free and see if they if they like it. But it is a it's definitely a cash flow book, so it's right up your guys's alley. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I highly recommend people uh, not only look for active income, multiple sources, especially in the beginning, but always have that mindset of how can I monetize the things that I love? Uh, because perhaps maybe your hobby isn't going to bring in twenty thousand a month, but your investments can help offset a hobby that maybe is a passion of love. Maybe you're a karate instructor. Uh, you know, we're doing the show Cashflow Ninja. Maybe you're a car instructor and you love it, but you know that, hey, I can only make $3,000 a month. As an engineer, I'm making $8,000. Well, maybe stay as an engineer, invest, get some cash flow going so that ultimately within five years, you can quit that engineering job because you have cash flow. You've paid off a lot of your, your liability debt. And now you can go about being a karate instructor and enjoy that and being passionate about that for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's just uh, so true. So take us back to when you guys started and start investing for cash flow. What were what were some of the first investments that you make? What were some of the lessons that you learned? And and how would you recommend millennials start in today's economy if they if if you were to do it over again? Oh man, well for so obviously doing it over again would be easier because now I've learned a lot of the mistakes I made. So <laughs> in the beginning, I was still investing. Uh, for like speculation, right? So I was buying silver and gold or stocks or houses that I thought would appreciate, but really that, that evolution into, okay, fully understanding um, that cash flow was king and it was, it was the only thing that was going to make me feel comfortable and secure. And the biggest lesson I learned was uh, during the 2008 financial crisis, uh, we had a lot of properties going to foreclosure. 
And we had one duplex that we actually had it, we had it paid off at the time and it collapsed in value 50%. It was horrible. But the rents actually went up uh, because a lot of people who foreclosed became went into the rental market. So I learned that, wow, volatility does not equal risk. And that was one of the most important lessons I've ever learned in, in my life. Because though that duplex went up and down in value, the income kept coming in. And that's what I want all my investments to be in. So even when I buy a stock, for example, if I, you know, my children buy Disney and Costco, yes, Disney goes up and down, Costco goes up and down, but they're not going away. And they're sharing in the profits through dividends. So um, the, the early things that I bought, you asked me, were the traditional things. I bought houses, uh, single family homes. I actually did them with seller financing because uh, I had wrecked my credit in the 2008 financial crisis. So buying single family homes in the beginning, but since then, I've found all sorts of great ways for cash flow with private REITs, uh, either through family wealth funds or family wealth uh, seminars that I've been to that some of the richest, richest entities in the world are investing in these very stable assets that focus on preservation and income. But of course, we also have great crowdfunding investments nowadays like Pure Street, founded by uh, Brett Crosby, who created Google Analytics. Uh, Michael Berry is one of the seed investors, early investors. He's the guy who, if anybody's seen the movie, The Big Short, he's played by Christian Bale. Uh, you have other companies like Fundrise. So it's easier than ever to invest for cash flow, uh, far easier than it was even uh, 12, you know, 12 years ago. Uh, but my main focus is on investing in things that the rich are investing in, not what the middle class is investing in. You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is the show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. We will be right back after a word from our sponsors. Kings, queens, and royal families, along with the nobility and ultra-rich, have warehoused and stored their wealth for centuries in gold and silver, art, land, and real estate. These assets have stood the test of time through centuries and have been a great place to preserve and protect their wealth. Like gold, silver, land, and real estate, art has been around for centuries and will be around for many, many more centuries. That's why the ultra-rich will continue to invest in art and preserve their wealth in art. While the S&P declined 5.1% in 2018, the art market returned 10.6% and was called the best investment of 2018 by the Wall Street Journal. Masterworks is the first company to allow investors to buy shares of great blue-chip art masterpieces by artists like Picasso, Monet, and Warhol. You can get set up on their platform at cashflowninja.com forward slash art. My friend Dave Zook from The Real Asset Investor says, you can be conventional or you can be wealthy. Pick one. The Real Asset Investor team creates value for investors looking for higher yield returns from ATM machines and cell storage investments. Their syndications offer attractive investment opportunities that produce strong cash flow, equity growth, huge tax incentives. They are truly passive and managed by a world-class team. To learn more about the exciting investment opportunities the Real Estate Investor offers, such as their ATM and Stealth Storage syndications, please visit cashflowninja.com forward slash Real Asset Investor. 
You're listening to The Cashflow Ninja, the show helping people all over the world create monthly cash flow and achieve freedom today, not in 10, 20, 30, and or 40 years. This is a show where cash is not king, but cash flow is king. Now let's return to our interview. Absolutely. And it just goes into studying what they're doing like you did. Um, one of the big things about the book is putting it all together um, to pass on uh, knowledge and also intellectual capital to your children and you're sharing it with the world. What are some of the top financial disciplines that we should be teaching our tr- children and that you're teaching your children? Yeah. So, I mean, one of the biggest financial disciplines is, first of all, understanding how money is created. You have to create value to other people. So, whether, whatever, whatever they're going to do in life, I want them to understand that you, they have to over-deliver. Over-deliver value to other people will make you not only exceptional if you're an employee, but it will make you an exceptional business if you decide to start a business and have, have one. That is what keeps you going and gr- growing uh, in the bad times. Uh, my business actually was started during the 0809 financial crisis. So you can imagine like that's like, it was, it was a horrible time to start a business, but you build a great business and you over deliver for people and you'll be the one that outlasts everyone. And uh, the, the, I actually have these financial life codes hung up in the house where it talks about saving, you know, at least uh, one fifth of all they earn, because I think you should pay yourself first immediately but don't just save in, in nominal terms, save in value. So we teach them to buy assets that cash flow, buy things that send uh, money to the mailbox. So we're relentless about teaching them that, uh, about also a great financial discipline to live by is, uh, is after you focus on saving and buying cash flow and investments, but also focus on being, being active and understanding your investments. So educating yourself. So I think financial education never ends and there's always new ideas and new people to learn from. And I've taught my kids that, that, you know, look, I've, I've never met Warren Buffett, but I consider him a great mentor because I've seen every YouTube video that I can get my hands on. Uh, you know, it's such a great world we live in today where everybody's so accessible. So, you know, those disciplines of, of educating yourself, of saving more than normal. If you want to be normal, then save 10%. But if you want to be exceptional, you're going to need to save more. And then, um, you know, living within their, their means is part of that. And then investing for, for assets that, that cash flow. Yep. Absolutely. Very, very powerful. Now you have been a very, very spot on with a lot of predictions. One of the predictions was the collapse of Lehman Brothers, AIG, Countrywide Mortgage and Washington Mutual. I wanted to read that because I had mortgages with both of those guys at that stage <laughs> for my investment properties, um, as well as the, uh, the Dow crashing and the, the financial crisis in 2008. What, um, what are you seeing right now? What's, what's your view on the global economy, markets? Uh, w- what do you see out there? You know, I think we're in a very interesting time uh, because of the, what's happening with our central banks around the world with negative yields, negative interest rates. Uh, even with the low interest rates that might nominally be there, uh, you know, this is they're they're you know, they're literally defaulting on you. Uh, if you consider it, if I loan if you if I gave you ten bucks and you promised to pay me back nine fifty, that's called a default. But in uh, central bank land, we call it negative real yields. So that is something that the world's really never seen in, in the five thousand year history of 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 money. So it's hard to make a prediction. All I can say is that the, the currency war is, is happening and the winner will be who can devalue the most 
without completely imploding their currency. And, um, you know, China is, is in not as good a fundamental shape as, as the world, as many people would have you believe. And neither is the U.S., frankly. I mean, we, uh, we're going we're gonna to borrow a trillion dollars to pretend that everything we have is, is functioning and orderly. Um, I think the president has done some great things when it comes to cutting regulation and cutting taxes that has brought in a lot of optimism. And as you know, with the wealth effect, that alone can keep things going. So maybe he bought us another five years, but ultimately I do see some sort of currency reset. I don't know what that even means to be honest. I just know that the current fiat currencies that are out there and the current way things are with a new normal of having negative interest rates, it is unsustainable. And at some point in time, either the market will reject these, uh, these schemes or even another country could opt out like China and Russia. They've been buying a lot of gold. Um, you know, maybe they'll create some sort of currency that's backed by gold. And then the, the, re- the fiat currencies, the current um, uh, model uh, for the world, it, it, you know, it becomes extinct. But I, I don't want to make any concrete prediction because, look, if you travel the world, you'll see that, um, you know, the whole world is depending, dependent on each other. And, and right now, the U.S. dollar is the currency that holds everything together in the financial system. There are 38 countries that actually exclusively use the dollar. Go to Panama and you'll, be, you'll see George Washington when you pay for <laughs> food. Um, you know, so the dollar is extremely important for trade. So it's not going away tomorrow, but it's, it's, it's on an unsustainable path. But, you know, I, I, one thing I, I, in the beginning when I, when I started this journey, I thought the dollar would crash overnight. But, you know, when, after traveling the world and talking to a lot of these great economists, people much smarter than me, you realize that... Um, Everybody, every dictator, king, communist leader, president, prime minister, they all want to stay right where they are. And if you disrupt our currency markets in an extreme way, uh, there will be revolutions going on across all over the world, uh, civil unrest all over the world. And so just always keep that in mind that even though we're on a sustainable, unsustainable path, everybody in power um, is going to do everything they can to defend them not, not being in power. So... Uh, when it comes to investments in the economy, I think you have to have a good diversification of cash flow, hard assets, and I wouldn't keep too much in just in currency. Uh, I really have let go of saving money in dollars and really focus on either owning precious metals or just owning some some more great real estate, especially with these private funds. I mean, I was telling my buddy this morning, I'm like, do you want to buy a single family home in Jacksonville, Florida, or do you want to invest in this fund and have a piece of JW Marriott and the Ritz-Carlton and own a, a piece of... Um, you know, a brand new Walgreens or something. I mean, there are, there are the opportunity to buy into great assets. I mean, you can still own great things. And, and believe me, no matter what, whether it's the Soviet Union collapsing, Germany's hyperinflation, or, or Japan having, it was just in Hiroshima, Japan having uh, these bombs dropped on them, things, uh, there, there's light at the end of the tunnel. So don't think that there's going to be a currency crisis and then it's the walking dead. There's going to be a currency crisis and then we're all going to go about our business. We're all going to show up to the grocery store the next morning. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, you get the doom and gloom, <laughs> you know, prepping zombie apocalypse kind of scenario painted constantly. But, peop, you know, we as humans are producers and creators. We're going to keep producing, create. There's people are going to need food. There's going to be, you know, housing and shelter needed. There's going to be clothing needed. There's going to be all these things needed. And you'll be able to solve problems for other folks and, and help them create some outcomes. So things will We'll, we'll move along as, 
as you mentioned. Uh, you touched on gold and silver a little bit. You were also one of the first f- uh, folks that wrote in your newsletter about Bitcoin. So this kind of plays into what you're talking about, a little bit of the, the currency devaluation, the moves we've seen in these markets lately. Yeah, you can see that gold is really, really taking its uh, restoration as uh, as the king of money. Uh, Bitcoin's also uh, being used because of all these... Uh, you know, just these regulations with with transferring money. I mean, it, it's horrible, honestly. I've I've, I've I paid ten thousand dollars in banking fees for one wire uh, because of the amount of money that was being used to to do an investment. That's 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 wrong. No yeah. one should pay to move my own money from one from one account to an, another account. That's horrible. Um, and that's why people are using cryptocurrency. And I think that'll only grow. And we're already seeing Facebook, JP Morgan, others are adopting it. This is absolutely happening. And then when it comes to gold, I think the world is very untrusting of their own currencies and global currencies. And I think gold, I mean, realistically, gold has a decent shot here at, um, at accelerating to $2,000 an ounce plus in the next 12 months. Because if you look at the trade war, the interest rate cutting that's about to happen with the Fed, quantitative easing, and then just a lot of uncertainty. And, uh, you know, this, 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 what got President Trump elected and, and these other leaders in Italy and what happened in Brexit, it's happening in Hong Kong right now, but, it, it, but it's not happening against the ballot box. It's happening against the communist leaders. So there's probably going to be some, some, some bloodshed in, in Hong Kong. And I think these type of things, these type of events, uh, this, this, there's a lot of friction in the world right now because people are upset that, that a lot of these things and institutions have, have failed them and screwed them. And I think people are kind of rising up here. And um, just during this time, I think it's, it's better to own the king of money than any fiat currency out there. Yeah, especially in the uh, with the volatility, as you see coming. One of the things uh, that I love following uh, your content and and newsletters and reports that you put out, Daniel, too, is you look at trends, you look at what's ahead and what's coming. Cannabis was one of the things you saw coming too. Uh, the <laughs> that that trend is just accelerating. What do you see in, in in that market that's exciting? Yeah, the exciting part of that market right now is that it's unexciting uh, for investors. So uh, it had a huge run up to can to cannabis legalization in Canada, and it's essentially been in a bear market ever since. And I was talking to some uh, venture capitalist firms and they were telling me that they can't even raise money for cannabis deals, which that tells me right there, it's time to buy cannabis stocks. So they're out of favor because they had such a big run up. But I think you really have to focus on the ones that cash flow. Don't speculate on growers. Don't speculate on, on a new product of gummies or something. I'd buy ones that are already in the business, that are, that are making money. Uh, that are perhaps have strategic shareholders like Constellation Brands or some of the larger alcohol companies. Uh, so I'm very bullish on cannabis right now, but I think it's one of those investments where you're going to buy it and nothing's going to happen. Maybe it'll even go down some more and you'll have to buy some more, but it'll, it'll, uh, it'll be a great, great investment over the next two to three years uh, as more states legalize and it might even become federally legal or at the very least decriminalized. So there's no enforcement of it. And if that happens, I think these things are these, they're all going to, you're all going to, you're going to make 10 X on all of them. Yeah, uh, absolutely. What are some of the other things that you're seeing out there and keeping an eye out for the rest of the year? And uh, what are some of the things that you're studying right now and researching? 
We, you know, we've kind of shifted our attention to a lot of the gold stocks uh, because the we do see gold having a significant move here over the next six months to a year. But like many things, investors are kind of usually asleep at the wheel, or they'll 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 go into the wrong thing. So let's say gold doubles; it's not going to change your life. But I guarantee you, own a mining stock and gold doubles, it's going to change your life. Uh, so you know the 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 focus right now is on precious metal investments because they're they're actually very undervalued. Uh, if you look at their the 2016 when gold was 1300, these stocks are trading for far less, and today gold's over 1500. So uh, we've kind of turned our attentions to to some strategic buys and speculations. Now these are speculations. We always make that very clear. Anytime you're buying because you think something's going to go up, you're speculating. Uh, and then the other 90% of our attention is focused on how can we find more cash flow? How can we dual compound, whether it's using whole life or, or a HELOC? How do we find and maximize that cash flow? And so uh, I'm, I'm, I'm very interested in the up and coming cities and pockets uh, where you can find um, some decent cash flowing investments in some cities that might have a reason that they're, they're growing, like Austin, Texas, for example, uh, you know, with with Facebook and and Amazon and and Apple hiring a lot of people, there's a lot of hiring going on over there. And you know, you look at the Round Rock area, where where Facebook in North Austin is going to be hiring, I think 38,000 people, and and they made a deal with them in Williamson County for Apple to bring more people. I mean, these are these are these are smart city managers negotiating deals with companies that are bringing jobs. And I think I want to be invested in those because. I love cash flow, but hey, it's nice to have a surging job market uh, to back up that cash flow to grow it and enjoy the icing on the cake, which is the appreciation. Absolutely. A millennial's guide to financial freedom, don't save for retirement. Daniel Amaduri is available uh, on Amazon. Daniel, where can listeners reach out to you? Where can they follow you and where can they stay informed of all of the projects that you're involved with? I would love for them to go to futuremoneytrends.com slash save. Not only will they get the first chapter in the introduction of the book free, they'll, they'll also uh, have the weekly wealth digest sent to them uh, every Sunday. And that is the journey my wife and I did different stories. Sometimes they're fun. Sometimes they're sad. And as well as anything that we're doing right now. So the only things covered at the futuremoneytrends.com letter is things that I'm actively involved in. Oftentimes I'll even take screenshots of like Pure Street or Lending Club or anything that I'm doing to share what I'm doing and the share if it's a success or if, it's, if I've had a bad experience. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and sharing your journey and your knowledge and providing so much value for my listeners. As always, a blast to connect, my friend. Thanks, MC. I appreciate it. Life settlement investments have allowed financial and banking institutions to not only buy their equity contractually, but also diversify their capital from any economic, market, and geopolitical risk. It's been part of the billion-dollar blueprint followed by institutional investors. And if you're an accredited investor, you can also now participate in this vehicle with enormous growth potential. You can watch an informational webinar presented by one of the premier organizations providing life settlement investments for number of solutions at cashflowninja.com forward slash life settlements. 
thank you again for joining me on the Cashflow Ninja. If you like what you hear and appreciate what we're trying to build here, please subscribe, rate, and write a review for our show on iTunes and share our show with family, friends, and your network. If you're not a subscriber to our newsletter, you can sign up for our newsletter at cashflowninja.com. I want to thank you for spending your most precious resource with me today, your time. Until next time, my friend, live a life of passion and purpose on your terms. This presentation is for educational and informational purposes only. The information being presented and considered does not consider your particular financial objectives or situation, and it does not make personalized recommendations. This material is not intended to replace the advice of a qualified tax and legal advisor or other qualified professionals, and you should not use the information in place of a customized consultation with a licensed professional regarding your specific personal financial objectives, situation, and needs. We believe the information provided is reliable, but we do not guarantee its accuracy, timeliness, or completeness.